What's Shake and Fire Nation? And welcome to the bonus income report for July 2017. This is our 47th income report in a row. We are simply on fire with these. I'm loving it. And we had a gross income in July of $197,911. Just missed 200 k by a little bit. Expenses of over 60 k so our total net profit was $137,000. Now, we are going to be getting into all of the details with this income, with our expenses coming up later in the reports. We're going to be talking about free webinar course, something cool we really did with that. We're going to be talking about Guatemala, a trip that Kate and I took with Pencils of Promise. We're going to be talking about an upgrade to Podcaster's Paradise, which is uh, pretty awesome. We're having a lot of fun with that. Um, And then uh, Kate and I recently celebrated our one-year anniversary in Palmas del Mar. And uh, we're well over a year now in Puerto Rico, but we just celebrated our one year in the community that we purchased in um, about a year ago, Palmas del Mar. Uh, But without any further ado, I want to bring on the one, the only, the CPA on fire, Josh Bowerly, because he has a killer monthly tax tip for us, as always. So Josh, how you doing? And uh, what's going on with the monthly tax tip, brother? Yeah, I'm, I'm great, but I was really looking forward to what my nickname would be this month. And wasn't even there. <laughs> I came up blank. Yeah, we didn't even get to say what's up to Fire Nation. Oh, yeah, Hi, Kate, Fire say Nation. what's up. Say what's up. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I can keep going without the nickname, though. Maybe next month. <laughs> so last month, we talked a little bit about the startup phase of a business. And one of the things we talked about was how the IRS has that benefit that in that startup phase, if you lose money, you can take that deduction against your ordinary income, right? The, the IRS favors business owners. And I know, John, sometimes when we file your taxes, it doesn't feel like it, <laughs> but the truth is that they do. Mm. And let's just go over a, a quick recap of, of how that advantage works. Let's say your first year in business, you lose $5,000, meaning you spent 5000 more than you brought in an income. All right. And let's say that you're on the side, you're still an employee and you made $100,000 that year as an employee. In this scenario, what the IRS says is, okay, you can take that $5,000 loss from your business. You can use that to reduce your $100,000 of income from your employer. And you're on your tax return, you're going to show total taxable income of $95,000. What that's going to allow you to do is recap a portion of that loss as tax savings. Okay. So if you're in the 30% tax bracket, you get to save 30% of $5,000 on taxes. Helps take the sting away from that loss a little bit. And that's not just in the first year that they let you do that. They let you do that any year that you have a loss. Okay. It's, It's an awesome feature of being a business owner. But what happens if you continue to show a loss after year one, after year two, even into year three and beyond? The question is, does the IRS continue to allow you to take that loss against your ordinary income year after year after year. And what we run into here is what the IRS calls the difference between a business and a hobby. They essentially draw a clear line and say a business can take those losses against their ordinary income and use it as a tax deduction. A hobby cannot. Basically, a hobby just never recaps those losses. They're, They're gone forever. All right. So the question becomes, where does the IRS draw that line? What's the difference between a business and a hobby? And the first difference is it's, pretty, it's common sense. It's very basic. A business is in business to make money. Okay, so if you're just in this to kind of turn a hobby into something that gets you a tax loss, the IRS says, sorry, no go. We're not going to fund your hobby for you. We want, in order to be a business, your goal should make, be to make money. John, I don't think you were ever in EO Fire to just get a tax loss, right? From the very beginning, you said, I want to make money, correct? I love podcasting, but I wanted to make some dollar dollar bills, y'all. Exactly. That's what a business is. The business can have several goals, but one of the main goals should always be to make money. Right, so that's that's where they started. But let's say that you do have a clear intention to make money and it's just not happening for several years. Year one, you have a loss, year two, you have a loss, you're going into year three, you have a loss. What's the IRS say there? They draw a line and say that your business, in order to be a business and not a hobby, should show a profit three out of every five years. Okay, so if those first two years you show that loss, they say, all right, that's fine. Take those losses against your income. But year three, four, and five, we want to see a profit or else we could come in and, and, and say that your business is now a hobby and you lose the ability to take those losses. 
And I know that that might be scary for some of Fire Nation. Some of them might be in year three and, and know they're about to show a loss again. Maybe they did show a loss. This is not a hard and fast rule, okay? If you show that loss again in year three or year four, whatever it is, they're not going to run to your door and say, hey, wait a minute, you have a hobby, not a business. We want that money back, All right? But they, the key is they have a right to do it. So what do you do if you're in year three and showing a loss, maybe year four, whatever it is, and you're beyond that three out of every five years? There's a few things you can do to, to kind of protect yourself and, and show the IRS that, yes, I haven't met those standards, but my clear intention is still to make money. This is a business. This is not a hobby. So what I want you to do, this is good for anybody, but especially if you're gonna, you think you may be in that position where you're at risk of being labeled a hobby. Number one is I want you to create an actual business plan. And for most businesses, this should be something you're doing anyways, right? This, this helps you in every area of your business to have a clear, well-thought-out business plan. But what it shows the IRS is this is not a hobby. I spent time. I prepared this business plan. Here is where I'm forecasting the future. Here is how I plan to start making money. Here's why I think I'm going to stop showing these losses. It's a huge way to protect yourself with having a good, solid business plan. The second thing I want you to do is make adjustments. Okay. I know we've all heard the quote, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and <laughs> expecting different results, right? The IRS is probably going to treat that, that your business versus hobby thing with the same standard. If you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different re- result other than showing a loss, they're probably going to say, no, that's not how business works. That, that's how a hobby works. Okay. So you should be for more than just the tax loss. I hope if you're showing a loss year after year, you're starting to make some adjustments. Clearly document those adjustments so you can show the IRS, look, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm trying to change this situation. And number three, I just want you to use common sense. John, you and I talk about this all the time. We've done this together from day one where we said, look, let's get EO fire as low as we can. Let's get those taxes as low as we legally can. And from there, let's give the government what's theirs. Let's pay our dues, right? You've always been told me, I want to get this as low as I possibly can. But after that, I want to pay what I owe, right? You know, I'm a military guy. I definitely love and understand why the government needs a lot of money. Just uh, only as much as they need from me is what they need from me, right? That's exactly right. So don't go out and try and start a quote unquote business because you want to use these losses to reduce your taxes. It's not the right thing to do. And eventually the IRS is going to catch up with you and you're going to pay all those savings back and a lot more in interest and penalties. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's all I got for you. As always, we always talk about this. The IRS gives very favorable tax code to entrepreneurs. You have so many advantages that employees don't have. One of those advantages is the ability to, to use these business losses when they do happen as a way to reduce your taxable income. But you got to do it the right way. You got to make sure you're following the business versus hobby rules. And if you're in danger of not meeting those rules, do what we talked about to protect yourself. Make sense? Fire Nation, what I really want you to be taking away from this is that we, and that's entrepreneurs, we have a lot of things we have to do day to day. Let's leave this kind of stuff in the hands of the professionals. And this is where Josh comes so handy because he has all the right tips, all the right tools, all the right tactics just waiting for you. They're on his site, cpaonfire.com. Josh is always available, josh at cpaonfire.com. When you have questions, when you have concerns, this last point that he made, do the right thing, you know, that's talking to a CPA, that's talking to a professional. So invest in yourself, do the right thing for your business. Know that Josh is always there to talk to Fire Nation, answer questions that you might have. And Josh, take us home, brother. Where can Fire Nation really get to know a little bit more about you? Yeah, they can always go to our website. Tons of information there, tons of free tips there, free resources. Uh, we just implemented some new plans. We heard from you guys that you wanted bookkeeping, you wanted sales tax services. We're starting to offer some full service packages. Check Woo. those out on the website. And as always, we have our free course, cpmfire.com slash Fire Nation, show you what business entity to get into. Josh, thank you as always, brother. Looking forward to having the next monthly tax tip in uh, just about 30 days. So have a great day, brother. And Fire Nation, we are not going to just leave you with a CPA because we have a lawyer on the line as well. You know David Lizerbram. He's been rocking EO Fire's legal stuff for quite some time now, and he has a pretty cool legal tip today that I think a lot of you are going to want to stick around for because we have a lot of influencers that listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. We have a lot of people that are looking to become influencers 
that listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. If looking to build that business and become an influencer, well, guess what? Every day, David's seeing posts on Instagram and other sites that are an actual violation of the legal rules for social media influencers. Just because social media is this new thing and we think that it's all, you know, quote unquote, above the law, well, the reality is there are absolute legal rules for social media influencers. So if you're already there or you're heading that direction, you definitely want to listen to this next spot. So David, what do you got first, brother? Okay, today I'm going to share some of the rules for online influencers, particularly on social media. And, you know, when we say influencers, we're talking about people who are either well-known celebrities or someone who has a significant online following related to a certain topic. Um, The U.S. Federal Trade Commission, also known as the FTC, recently signaled that they're prepared to go after people who don't properly disclose when a post like a social media post is an advertisement, and they've specifically clarified those rules as they apply to Instagram. So we can talk about that a little bit in detail. Um, The FTC recently sent out more than 90 lenders, including some to very famous people, uh, reminding influencers and marketers that they should clearly and conspicuously disclose their relationships to brands. So what are the rules? Um, And just to keep it simple, I'm going to use the word endorsement to include any kind of endorsement or testimonial or affiliate arrangement, whatever it is. Um, You know, if it falls into this category, it's probably an endorsement. The Federal Trade Commission in the U.S. and the related entity, if you're not in the U.S., um, has the power to investigate and prevent deceptive trade practices. Um, That includes advertising, so they set the rules that apply to online influencers and to brands that work with them. So remember, this applies whether you are an influencer or whether you're a brand or a company that works with influencers or both. Either way, it applies to you. Um, And I should also say that this applies to a lot of different circumstances. So it doesn't I'm not just talking about if there's actual cash or money exchanged for, let's say, a social media post. Um, If an influencer receives something for free or at a discount in exchange for a review or endorsement or a post, they need to disclose that information. So even if it's not a straight-up quid pro quo, those rules apply. So if you are an online influencer and you receive something for free and then you go ahead and post about it, these rules also apply to you. So it's pretty broad. And I've linked to the FTC guidelines in the show notes uh, to this income report, so I definitely recommend you go to the show notes and check them out. There's an ebook. There's um, some guides and things that you can, you know, an FAQ, things you can review. I would encourage you to go to the blog post and uh, and show notes and read read those in detail uh, because. I can't possibly cover it all in a couple minutes here. Um, But let's just do five simple rules. Um, These are a reminder. Obviously, they can't cover everything, but there's some basic guidelines, and they should be pretty easy to understand. And just as a reminder, I'm talking to either the influencer or the brand that's working with the influencer. They will still apply. Number one is be honest. Number two is if you claim to be an expert, actually be an expert, meaning you can't say, Oh, you know, I'm a I'm a super expert in you know nutritional products. If you don't know anything about it, um, definitely be careful about any claims of expertise. Um, number three, it's about the relationship between the endorser or influencer and the company. Um, number four, you can't hide or bury the disclosure. Uh, and number five is fancy legal jargon is not your friend. So let's take a look at four or five. You can't hide or bury the disclosure, and fancy legal jargon is not your friend. Um, Those may be the most relevant at this particular point. Um, A lot of times what you'll see on Instagram is somebody will use the hashtag ad or something like that to say and say, oh, yeah, I've disclosed that it's an ad. But it applies all – you know, it appears all the way at the very bottom of the Instagram post. You would have actually had to click on those three little dots and open up the post and scroll all the way down to see where that hashtag applies or sometimes it's in a comment. Those are not going to work anymore. It needs to be clear and conspicuous and you can't hide it. You can't bury it. And you definitely can't use fancy legal jargon. Like you can't say, oh, I'm going to come up with a really complicated, confusing way to try to 
communicate that this is an ad or it's sponsored or something like that. Um, you know, it has to be as clear as possible, understandable by anybody who sees it, reasonably speaking, that they would understand what this relationship is about, whether it was a, you know, a free product or a paid ad or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, the bottom line is to boil those five simple rules down to one is that you must disclose the nature of the relationship. Okay, so you might be thinking, like, well, a lot of people don't do this. I see people on social media all the time who aren't necessarily following these rules. What are the consequences? Um, well, in the U.S., uh, you may be liable for civil penalties of up to $11,000 per violation. So for each post on each different social media platform, you're talking about $11,000 of potential penalties. You can see how that can really add up. Um, I should say, again, talking about Instagram, the FTC clarified their position saying, you know, if you would have to click the three little dots or more or something like that, and, you know, in order to see the disclosure, that won't work. Um, also, when multiple hashtags or links are used, readers may skip over them, and the FTC noted that, especially when they appear at the end of a long post. So you can't sort of bury your disclosure in a string of other hashtags or uh, other text. Um, many consumers will not understand something like hashtag SP. Um, sometimes people would use that to mean sponsored, but that's not clear enough. Um, something like ad or the full word sponsored or promotion or paid ad would be much better. Um, you can't, you also can't just say thanks comma and then name your brand. Thanks Nike. Um, people won't necessarily know that that means that Nike sent you free shoes. Um, using the hashtag partner, that also is probably not going to work because, you know, a partner could mean a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that this was sponsored or an ad, um, et cetera. So be really careful about that. Um, you know, be clear that it's going to be, that it's going to be obvious that it's an advertisement or it's sponsored, whatever the case may be. Make sure that it appears in a part of your post that people are actually going to see and that it's conspicuous. Um, these also apply to non-text-based platforms like, let's say, Snapchat. Um, you know, you can, of course, superimpose something like hashtag advertisement on a Snap or an Instagram story or whatever. Um, but if you're not doing that, you know, you may need to say verbally, hey, this is sponsored or I got this for free or I got this at a discount or whatever the case may be. Use your best judgment, but always err on the side of disclosure. Um, so the bottom line is to you got to disclose, you got to do it early, make sure it's clear and unambiguous. Um, I know this is a lot to follow, and I'll be happy to get into it in more detail in future income reports. But please uh, follow the rules. Don't get hit with huge fines. Disclose whether you are the influencer or you're working with the influencer. Um, disclose, 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 and uh, you will most likely be in much better shape. And finally, if you want to stay on top of how intellectual property issues like trademarks and copyrights affect your business, you can download my free intellectual property for entrepreneurs checklist, which is available at productsofthemind.net slash eofire or on the show notes for this episode. Thanks a lot. And I will talk to you all in a couple months. David, thank you for rocking the mic, brother. Very valuable tips, as always. And Fire Nation, be looking out for David this coming September when we rock another income report with David Lizabram. Don't hesitate to reach out to him. He is always looking to chat, converse, and help you, Fire Nation. So we're going to move into the next section of the income report, which is what went down in July. July was a pretty crazy month for a number of reasons. We'll talk about that specifically in depth, starting with the new free webinar course. So Kate, we did some things with free webinar course. We mixed in a little bit of this, mixed out a little bit of that. And what we have now is something completely different than what we had the month prior in June. And I feel great about it. I know you do as well. Let's talk about it. What went down? Yeah. So I love talking about these shifts in our business because I think it's that kind of thing where as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, especially if you're just starting out and you're trying to create and implement a lot of things, you may not necessarily think about kind of a, a little more long term, the checks and balances that are so important to have in your business. And with our shift with free webinar course, that's exactly what this was, is a checks and balance. So we talk about 
systems and automation and how much we love these things on income reports and all over eofire.com all the time. Um, and as you can imagine, I mean, this is what has helped us scale and grow our business it is having systems and automation. But sometimes setting it and forgetting it is not a good idea. You definitely want to have checks and balances in your business. And for this reason, we did a little checks and balances with webinar on fire. And so free webinar course used to be a 10 day course where we would talk about how to create and present webinars that convert. That free course at the end of those 10 days would introduce people to Webinar on Fire, our online community where we have like webinar training, where we share how it is that we've been running webinars very successfully for the past now, oh my goodness, four years, <laughs> four years. That's crazy. As we were doing these checks and balances, we were looking at the numbers, we were comparing some sales reports, we were listening to the market which are all things that you should be doing during these checks and balances. And we came to the conclusion that, well, Webinar on Fire is definitely still rocking. We have tons, hundreds and hundreds of members in Webinar on Fire who are all lifetime members. Um, and they're going to continue to have access to this amazing content. We came to the conclusion that our focus and energy was maybe better spent elsewhere in our business. So as a result, John, you and I sat down, we started brainstorming ways that we could still help our audience who is interested in running webinars because we certainly still get a lot of questions about that. But we were trying to figure out a way to do it without continuing to promote webinar on fire. So our way of doing that was revamping free webinar course It's now a three day course on how to create webinars that convert. And we partnered up with our good friend, Amy Porterfield. And now at the end of the free webinar course, instead of sharing webinar on fire with people, we're sharing a totally free masterclass that you and Amy did together. And um, that gives people the opportunity to, you know, see how Amy rocks her webinars, which, you know, we learned a lot from Amy because Amy's been doing webinars for a very long time. So our training is so in line. Um, she puts together such incredible content. So what better person to partner up with? And um, Amy has a amazing webinar course called Webinars That Convert. So we just kind of did a little pivot. We shifted our free webinar course, redirected a little bit of it. And uh, John, how are you feeling about the change? I feel great. I mean, we definitely had our free webinar course running for years and it was good and we updated it and we made the right changes along the way. And Webinar on Fire, we did the same thing. We continued to update it and make it incredibly relevant. But as we, Fire Nation, just continue to add more things to our business, as you know, we've launched things over the past couple of years with our journals and, you know, some things that we actually have in the cooker right now. You know, I'm writing my first traditionally published book. I mean, we only have so much time as entrepreneurs and with the desire that Kate and I have to be lifestyle entrepreneurs, you know, to have a very small team, to have a very small kind of footprint when it comes to how many people that we're in charge of and how many products we're trying to control and how many customers we're going to have. We really wanted to make sure that, hey, we're doing everything the right way. And so when it came time to, to look at what products were working and what products could maybe use a little upgrade, we said, you know what? Webinar on Fire needs an upgrade. But we don't have the time, the desire, or the bandwidth to make that upgrade ourselves in the best possible way. And that's when we knew that our good friend Amy Porterfield had an incredible course, Webinars That Convert. I called her up. We had a great conversation. I said, hey, let me become one of your affiliates. And what we'll do is we'll change a free webinar course to just make great sense, lead into a joint masterclass that Amy and myself got together and we hosted this amazing masterclass where it was a webinar, there's a lot of great content and questions and it was fun and now what happens is after those three days go by for your free webinar course, then you're going to have the option to sign up for this masterclass that Amy and I did. And then after this free masterclass, some of you are going to want to take that next step and actually join Amy's webinars that convert and us as affiliates. That's, you know, Fire Nation. I mean, that's EO Fire. That's myself, Kate, our business. We will get commission off of those sales. So we will still be able to generate revenue from free webinar course, which we used to through Webinar on Fire, now through Amy's course, Webinars That Convert. And the thing that's good for us is that now those are Amy's customers. Those are Amy's um, people that she's going to be 
you know, dealing with in the Facebook groups and the different calls and the different things that she has set up over there, which is an incredibly valuable course and something that she can continue to grow and really build out over the years to come while we focus on other things. So, Kate, where can Fire Nation find out more about this free webinar course? Because frankly, if you've been through our old free webinar course, Fire Nation, maybe it's time to go through this new one because, again, it's upgraded, it's latest and greatest, and you want to see this free masterclass. And then they can uh, kind of go through this process and see what we've done. Absolutely. I was even going to say that you should definitely jump in Fire Nation and check it out because even if you're interested in maybe creating partnerships or affiliate relationships like this, you can kind of see how we've structured this to complement somebody else's course or offering. So you can sign up for free webinar course at thewebinarcourse.com. That's the webinar course, T-H-E webinar course.com. And again, that's going to link you directly to this free three-day course that does lead into the masterclass um, at eofire.com slash income 47. We actually will have a link as well for you to uh, join right up for that masterclass if you just want to watch that because that's a, a great one as well. And I believe that that link is eofire.com slash webinar. If you want to just go and sign up for that free masterclass that Amy and I um, hosted and we have currently an encore for. So Kate, anything you want to say to uh, close this part down before we dive into Guatemala? Nada. Nada in Guatemala. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm going to say here is a little history, a little JLD history, Fire Nation. It was back in 2006. I had just spent four years as an active duty officer. I get out. My good friend, Derek Bugley and myself did a trip down to Costa Rica. We had a great time down there, traveled the entire uh, country. It was a blast. On that trip, I met a guy that was going into medical school and he was traveling the entire um, kind of section of Central America. And he had just come from this beautiful town called Panajachel, Guatemala. He raved about it, showed me pictures. It was this town that was at the base of these massive volcanoes um, and this huge, huge lake. I'm talking miles and miles wide. This lake was just huge. Um, and I was like, that's a great place. And now I had kind of wanted, um, had this you know, semi-fantasy of, of going to a, a small town, either in Central or South America, and learn Spanish um, post-military. And I said, hey, that could be the place to do it. So I got in touch with the same school that he went through and got signed up. And by two, and in early 2007, I was out. I was in Guatemala, and I spent about five months in Guatemala living there, living with the family, learning the language. I did become quite fluent in Spanish, but the sad thing is that was 10 years ago, so I've definitely lost my fluency. Um, but my father came out to visit. We had a blast. Um, and then a couple of years later, we actually took my whole family down there, including my grandmother and aunt, mother, sister, and it was just a huge, great trip as well. Um, so I was very familiar with Guatemala, and that's why when I first interviewed Adam Braun, um, he was talking about how he was launching Pencils of Promise, and he was going to have the headquarters in all of Central America be in Panajachel, Guatemala, which was the town that I lived in for five years, and then subsequently my uncle five actually months. lived there for five months. Thanks, Kate. And subsequently, <laughs> my uncle uh, moved there for... Um, this is the year part, like at least three years, I think he moved there, which was awesome. And, and we went to visit him when he was there on that family trip. Um, I said, I had to be a, a part of this organization. I have to support this charity. And that's why back in January of 2016, when we launched the Freedom Journal, um, we parted with Pencils of Promise. We did the same thing a year later with the Mastery Journal. And to date, Fire Nation, we've raised over $85,000 for Pencils of Promise. We've built multiple schools in Guatemala and Ghana. We've supported other parts of their program, like their WASH systems and their teacher support program. So there's just a lot of cool things that they're doing over there that we've been able to support. And by We Fire Nation, I mean anybody that's listening right now that has ever purchased a journal, you're part of this because that's where we take the uh, the revenue from and we support Pencils of Promise through uh, that charitable donation sector. So it's been an, an incredible opportunity. We got to go down to Guatemala just this past month uh, with Susie, who's one of the heads that lives in Manhattan. I've got to meet her a few times before, but this is my first time traveling with her in country. And this was Kate's first ever time in Guatemala. So this is a brand new experience for her, which was really cool. 
And we went down. It was a small group. And we spent four packed days traveling the country of Guatemala, visiting different schools that have been built. We were even involved in an inauguration. And, you know, I'm not just talking we were like driving down like an asphalt roll, a road pulled off to the side and saw a school and was like, oh, that's cute. We were hours on back roads. I mean, going like one mile per hour. We literally could have walked faster to these schools than we ended up driving. That's how bad these roads are. And that's how way out in the middle of nowhere they are. Um, It was just incredible to see the communities come uh, behind these schools and support them and how excited and proud the parents were and just how amazing the kids were. Overall, it was just a great experience to see what our dollars, and again, Fire Nation, by our dollars, anybody that's purchased a Freedom or Mastery Journal, that's our dollars, has done in countries like this. Um, and it was a really great experience. And Kate, I've been rambling for a little bit. I've kind of said my say with that. So why don't you maybe take us home with Guatemala? Because I know you probably had a good time too. I had such an amazing time. It was such an incredible experience. And those car rides, no joke. (laughs) That's a perfect explanation that we weren't on an asphalt road, like driving by a school and like waving and being like, oh, how cute. (laughs) You know, we were like four plus hours in the car every day. I mean, we actually probably spent more time in the car than we did out of the car. And there's really great reason behind that. And we got to learn so much about the behind the scenes of how Pencils of Promise works. It was really great that they connected us with the in-country team once we were there. You know, it wasn't just Susie, who was our trip director, who you mentioned, John, like taking us around and kind of showing us like a school here or school there and introducing us to a couple of kids. Like, We had this entire in-country team, these people who work on the ground in Guatemala, you know, 40 hours a week for Pencils of Promise, who were taking us um, to these schools, introducing us to these principals and to these teachers and um, telling us about, you know, the months and months of relationship building and work that goes into even determining where a school can be built. And, you know, those four plus hour rides in the car were because Pencils of Promise wants to make that really deep impact, not, you know, build a school in the city, uh, like Guatemala City, so that they can um, accommodate more kids, which would obviously be awesome. But they want to go like way back in the country where people don't even have access to these types of things. Like there literally are no buildings where these people live. In these communities, there are, there is no like sewage system. There's no running water. Like they, I mean, these are areas where people really truly need this help. They don't have access to these types of things. So these car rides that we were in, well, they were so, so intense and some of them really scary. I was very nervous on one of these rides because we were on this hill and there was no like barrier to falling off from that hill. It's wet, it's muddy, the car's sliding like oh towards the edge. Like it was crazy. And I mean, okay, and I hit 10,000 steps on my Fitbit every day, not because we walked 10,000 <laughs> steps, but because that's how bumpy these car rides were. So my bumpy. Fitbit thought I was like walking because Power walking. <laughs> it was so bumpy. And like you said, John, we literally could have walked faster. I'm not sure. Uh, um, when we were on our way to the inauguration, once we started getting like closer and closer to the school, there was a bunch of kids and people from the community that were going to this inauguration to celebrate. And they were jumping in the back of the, like in the truck bed that we had. I'm like, why do these people want to get in this car right now? Like I'd feel more comfortable walking <laughs> than <laughs> being in the back of this oh, truck. Oh, remember but, to be young again. Yes, I know. <laughs> it was just... Uh, You know, I I just loved seeing that other side of pop because for me, um, Pencils of Promise has always been only what I knew about Pencils of Promise. And that was that it was an incredible organization developed, built, thought, dreamed up by Adam Braun and that they helped build schools in developing countries for those less fortunate, which in and of itself, that's amazing, right? But to be on the ground, to hear... Um, Jorge and Alyssa and Caesar and Franz like talk about the work that goes into the programs that they have. Like you mentioned WASH, you mentioned the teacher support program and Fire Nation, you just, you, you have to head over to this income report. If you don't usually check out our income report posts, this is one that you have to check out because 
I go into major detail, John and I both go into major detail on this post about our experience in Guatemala. It's just really hard to even describe in words. Um, but there's so much there that we're not even touching on or talking about here um, that I think that you'd really enjoy checking out. So, I mean, we talk about all those details about like I, I, we had the kids at one of the schools teach us how they just learned to wash their hands. They've never, they don't have faucets and sinks and soaps to wash their hands. And like, that's an experience that we got to have with them where they, where they were like singing this song about, you know, how, like how to soap up and like how long to rinse for. And it's just really mind blowing, you know, so much that we take advantage of and so much that we have that we don't realize that other people don't have these types of things. So it was just an all around really, really amazing experience. Fire Nation, you got to head over eofire.com slash income 47. The pictures that we have there are absolutely epic. Just great pictures. There's many, many. So I uh, definitely look forward to getting your feedback on not just that post, but also just the pictures in general because they were just so much fun. Well, we did something else pretty big. I mean, it's crazy to think how full July was, but uh, we have been prepping this since 2016, and it's been hundreds and hundreds of man hours. And I should probably say woman hours because it's almost all Kate. And that is prepping for our upgrade of Podcasters Paradise. You know, Podcasters Paradise has been our flagship program um, since it's launched. I mean, it's the community in the world where people come that want to create, grow, and monetize their podcast, period. Over 3,000 podcasters have joined. Thousands and thousands of podcasts have been launched from Podcasters Paradise. It's generated over $4 million in revenue, so it's just been our flagship program coming out of Entrepreneur on Fire and everything that we do. And when we launched, it was amazing and we've continued to upgrade it throughout the years. Uh, but frankly, there's been some really cool upgrades available when it comes to course software over the past really six to 12 months. And one of those that we've been really impressed with looking from the outside in on is Thinkific. And I actually interviewed their founder back in the day. Um, and he was a great guy to chat with. And then when we went out to social media marketing world um, in early 2017, we actually got to meet up with them and their team. And they had, we did a whole dinner with them. It was really incredible. And we decided then that this was the company that we wanted to make the, the upgrade with. And they've been incredible ever since. And again, this was mostly Kate, so I'm going to hand it over to her to kind of talk about this upgrade within Podcasters Paradise. But the exciting news for anybody listening right now is that this upgrade is live. Podcasters Paradise is now completely upgraded to the latest and the greatest, and we're getting unbelievably rave reviews from all the members within. It's been a blast and wow, you got to check it out. If you're a paradise and you haven't logged in for a while, log in, you'll be blown away. If you've been thinking about joining Podcasters Paradise, now's the time to do it because it's just an incredible, incredible experience, which is going to result in us quite quickly raising the price significantly. That is happening within a couple months. So you'll be hearing more about that later. But Kate, walk us through this upgrade to paradise and let us know what's going on. This has been such a long time coming. As you mentioned, John, I've been working on this for a hot minute. And yes, if you're a paradiser and you haven't logged in in a while, you definitely should. But don't log in at the old site because it's a new platform. So it's a new login. Um, Fire Nation, there's just been so much in this experience that I really want to talk about the upgrade in Paradise, but I also really want to kind of like get a behind the scenes like reality check for you and how much work this was. It was so much work. It was 1000% worth it. I knew that we needed to do this. I've been so anxious about doing it. And as John mentioned, partnering up with Thinkific was the perfect thing. It was perfect timing. Um, I got connected with Veronica over at Thinkific, who is amazing. They had somebody who was walking us through step by step this transition, which was really incredible. Um, they then connected me with Rob, who has a business called Themeific, which I thought was so clever. And he develops and designs only courses on Thinkific, like talk about a niche, right? How cool is that? And so when she told me that, I was like, I want that guy because 
you know, we talk about try and talk to everyone, you're really talking to no one. I don't want just any designer or developer who can maybe get into Thinkific and figure out what's going on. Like, I want the guy that only designs on Thinkific because he definitely is going to know how to do pretty much anything that we want. And that was definitely the case. He completely rocked this project for us. I'm so happy with the outcome. John, as you said, Paradise members are totally raving about it. But when I when I talk about kind of like this behind the scenes look at how much work went into this, I'm talking like I, ca- I kind of cleaned house in Paradise as this switch happened. So it wasn't like I gave somebody access to our old membership site and just said like, yeah, I kind of want to transfer all this stuff over, like literally total reorganization, updated videos, got rid of some videos that, you know, uh, honestly, were just kind of like, not essential to somebody's podcasting journey. I just really wanted to clean things up. And so that was a ton of work in and of itself. But not to mention all these backend connections and automation that we have set up in Infusionsoft. The reason that we went with Customer Hub back in October 2013 when we first started was one, because we didn't have a whole lot of other choices back then. And two, because of its integration with Infusionsoft, the orders, the credit cards, the billing, the access, like what people have access to when they log in. Customer Hub, that's like the one thing that they did really, really well is that was very easy to um, manage. But changing to Thinkific, they do have awesome integrations with Infusionsoft and they their developers have been so responsive and awesome when it comes to like, I've made a couple recommendations that they've already like built stuff for in Thinkific, which is so cool about a company like Thinkific is they're so on top of things and so willing to listen to their customers. So that was really, really great. So Thinkific is also awesome integration with Infusionsoft. If they weren't, we never would have gone when would have gone with them. But my point is, is that all that automation that was put in place for Customer Hub, like all of that had to be changed. The welcome sequence had to be changed. Everywhere that we link out to our Podcasters Paradise stuff had to be changed. Email communications with members to let them know that the platform is changing. That whole transition, getting people into the new membership site. I mean, just like you think about, oh yeah, that would be great to upgrade Paradise. and But like you don't think of everything that that involves. So Just wanted to kind of um, pepper that in there because I'm sure there's a lot of things in your business that you're maybe looking to upgrade or that you've thought about like, hey, I wonder if there would be a better platform for this. It was a lot of work, but honestly, over the past six months, it's been a really fun project to work on. Like I have learned so much. I've built an amazing relationship with Veronica over at Thinkific, with Greg over at Thinkific, with Colin over at Thinkific. I've built an amazing relationship with Rob at Themeific. And it's just, you know, not only get to like communicate and engage with cool people, but learn something new about a new platform all the while making this membership like a hundred times better for our members. And that just feels really great. So John, like you said, we're getting ready to um, up the price in paradise because we have definitely upped the value within. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast or you have been thinking about joining paradise and you haven't yet, now would be the time to do so. You are going to love it. I can assure you. Head over to podcastersparadise.com. You can check out when our next free masterclass is. Um, we also have the ability for you to check out what our different plans are there as well, podcastersparadise.com. And if you're like, well, this Thinkific thing sounds pretty cool, well, you're right. And you can definitely check out eofire.com slash think. That's T-H-I-N-K, think, eofire.com slash think, and uh, you can learn more about them there. So July was also our one-year anniversary of moving to Palmas Del Mar, not to Puerto Rico. That was our 14-month anniversary, but July 1st was our 
one-year anniversary. We moved July 1st, 2016 to Palmas del Mar, Puerto Rico, from the other side of the island. So it was a big move. Uh, We moved into our house. And that night, July 1st, we went to a pretty awesome 4th of July party because they were throwing it a couple days early. Right here in Palmas del Mar, we met some great people, had a lot of fun. And it was really cool being there one year later at the exact same party um, having a blast as well, but this time with all the new friends that we've met and uh, quite a number of friends that we've been able to meet, some that have moved here after uh, we moved here, some that were here before we were, uh, but there's just a great entrepreneurial lifestyle adventurous, uh, location-independent, financial-independent group of individuals down here, and Kay and I have just been ecstatic with with that, because we knew we were going to be leaving behind an amazing group in San Diego, and to see the friendships that we've been able to to build, and the amazing people that we get to hang out with on a weekly basis here in Palmas del Mar, Puerto Rico, has been absolutely outstanding. So, you know, we had a lot of fun. There was a rock fest party on July first. There was a Fourth of July party. There was uh, a launch that we helped uh, celebrate with one of our friends that uh, actually is one of our neighbors here. Uh, there was a Corona music festival that we went to. Um, one of our good friends had a birthday party where we all dressed in pink. Even the guys had to dress in pink. And we went out on a party boat and had a blast there as well. Uh, well, some people had a blast. Some people didn't because there were about six to eight foot swells. So keep that in mind. Not everything's perfect <laughs> in Puerto Rico for sure. But overall, it was a great time. And we definitely have enjoyed our year in Palmas del Mar. And uh, Kate, before we start talking numbers, anything you want to say? Yeah, for Chris's pink party, I was definitely wearing pink, but my face was green. (laughs) (laughs) It was so intense. Like Fire Nation, you have to understand, I am the most motion sick person ever. Like I get motion sick in cars, which is why I always drive. Um, and, and we're getting ready to go out on the boat and we asked the captain, we're like, so how's the water today? And he's like, oh yeah, one to two foot swat. Like you guys are good. We get out there and I've never been on a boat that was moving like that. I have no motion sickness. And I was like, not a hundred percent. These waves were huge. Still a great time though. Yes. Well, Fire Nation, Puerto Rico, Isle de Encanta, the Isle of Enchantment. Love it. Love it. And now we're coming to our income breakdown for July of 2017. Our product and service income was $115,000. We had a great month for journal sales. Once again, over 770 journals were sold, which generated $30,860. This month, the Freedom Journal actually was pretty strong. It was 17.7, where the Mastery Journal was 13.1. This is kind of the first month that they weren't like incredibly close and equal. So that was pretty interesting to see. Uh, Podcasters Paradise generated $32,000 in revenue. Our podcast sponsorship brought in $47,500. I did a great webinar with Andrew Warner on Facebook bots, and that brought in $22,544. So if anybody wants to check out that incredible uh, webinar that Andrew Warner and I did on Facebook bots, which is really interesting, uh, it's a free replay webinar. You can check it out, eofire.com slash bot replay. That's B-O-T replay. So eofire.com slash bot replay. Um, I actually did another webinar with Scott Volker on creates, creating an awesome Amazon uh, business, and, and that was uh, $5,400 in revenue. Um, I had a great Create Awesome Online course webinar with the DSG, and this month brought in $7,129. Um, we actually had over $1,000 from Libsyn uh, referrals, which was great to see, and a lot of other stuff. And again, all of that, every dollar that we've made is over at eofire.com slash income 47. Um, our expenses were, you know, again, they're, they're not insignificant, $60,717. But every dollar that we invest in, you know, we, we look at these every single month. So if you see something in our expense report is because we've thought about it and we think that this is a worthy and valuable expense. Uh, so check it out, eofire.com slash income 47. So our net profit was $137,000, which is interesting because that is actually an increase 
of $1,893, which is like, you know, well less than a 1% increase. So it was crazy how close we were this month to last month. And the biggest lesson learned for the month is the first seed for abundance is gratitude. And I have no idea where Kate's going to take this, but uh, take it away, Kate. You'll remember this when I start talking about it. So um, I didn't mention it purposefully in the Pencils of Promise area because this quote came from the inauguration that we went to in, um, while we were in Guatemala. One of the schools that had just been built, it was Sunday afternoon, and we were showing up for the inauguration. That next day on Monday was going to be the first day that the school was open to the kids. So not only were all the kids there, but all their parents were there. The teachers were there. The principal was there. A bunch of people from the government were there. Um, we literally got to hand the keys over to the principal, and she opened one of the classroom doors for the first time, which was so awesome to be a part of that. And I made this the biggest lesson learned for this month because that trip taught me so much about gratitude and I'm definitely already a very strong believer in the importance of gratitude, but like many of us, I can sometimes forget that the garbage man not showing up on time or the fact that some of the gas stations make you go inside to pay instead of being able to pay at the pump. I mean, it's not the end of the world, right? And that was very much exemplified in Guatemala because the gratitude that we were shown there, it was just a shining example of how powerful it really is. I mean, we had families with close to nothing who were like bringing stuff to us, who were buying us gifts, who um, like the teachers at one of the schools had coffee mugs made for us. One of the principals um, had keychains made for us. Like we're there and in these communities where, you know, people are literally still, their home is is like a hut and they have close to nothing and they're giving us gifts. Yeah. Quick thing, like these teachers make like between 12 to $15 a day and they are only able to work like 18 to 20 days per month. So to put things in perspective, that, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So, um, so the school that we did the inauguration at, we show up and they're lighting off fireworks and they've created these beautiful, like, um, I don't know what you would call that kind of like an awning almost that like we're walking through as made out of like palm leaves and they're beautiful flowers everywhere. Like you could tell that this community had really spent a lot of time and a lot of energy on creating this inauguration ceremony and they knew that we were going to be there for it. So what, how they like welcomed us and the gratitude that they showed us um, was such a beautiful example of how important it is. And so we walk up these stairs, we get up to the school and there's this big sign and we actually have a picture of this sign in the income report. And it said on the sign in Spanish, the first seed for abundance is gratitude. And I just thought that that was really beautiful. They had handmade this sign. Um, it was just a perfect like thing to encompass the entire experience. So biggest lesson learned for the month, don't ever forget the first seed for abundance is gratitude. Well, Fire Nation, I'm not going to screw up this ending by going into some kind of rant right now because Kate just encapsulated that perfectly. I hope you enjoyed this income report. eofire.com slash income 47 is where you can see all the pictures, all the details, all the awesomeness. And we'll catch you on the flip side.